my name is Pat O'Neill. I am currently on the uh, Ronald McDonald House Charities Board of or, uh, Board Emeritus. I uh, started, uh, well, I didn't start, but uh, I think within a year and a half of uh, joining the board, I became the board president um, in kind of a, an interesting way in which uh, May Bradley, who, who was the board uh, president when I joined, had to cut her tenure short and move to uh, Virginia. So I came in a little earlier than I thought I was going to. But I think the, the most interesting part of that phase of my involvement here was that Francie Gilmore, who had been the executive director for 15 years and had more or less pulled this charity out of bankruptcy, had decided to retire. And so I was deeply involved in putting together her retirement agreement and at the same time um, beginning a search to find a new executive director and uh, to make a long, short, uh, long story bearable we found Carrie Romano fairly quickly and uh, I think one of the best things I've done was to lead that search and then convince the board that she was the right person which didn't take a lot of convincing by the way but uh, I mean she's done an amazing job since then, so I'm, I'm really proud of that. Uh, both the, the transition of Francie and the transition of Carrie into the, into the executive leadership position. And of course, right at that time, we had uh, made the decision, or were about to make the decision to expand the house from 33 rooms to its current 72 rooms. And so, um, I was deeply involved in that also, in the design of the house. Uh, I remember the very, uh, and then shortly after that, uh, while we were uh, really coming, we were probably three quarters of the way through the house design and all of that, uh, we got an offer from Intermountain Healthcare to uh, help us establish the Ronald McDonald family room that's now in Primary Children's Hospital. I remember the very first meeting with the architects and the construction people and I told them, I said, the, the one word I want you to remember throughout this whole process is that this is a place of respite. It's not supposed to look like the hospital, it's not supposed to smell like the hospital, it's supposed to be like going into your living room or some other place and remember who's using it. These are parents of really, really sick or injured kids so they need they need a rest. And related to the family room, I've been on this crusade ever since I've been here to get people to take naps. And uh, now there's an unbelievable number of naps going on. I forget, I forget the number, but it's uh, in the hundreds, I think, if not the thousands. Um, and so the fa I'm kind of the, I guess I'm the father of the family room. And uh, I've always been really, really, really proud of that. Uh, so I was the president of the board um, and did that for uh, one and a half years and was a member of the board until about six years ago when I turned off and I've been involved in the community advisory board as well as uh, now the uh, board emeritus, which I'm very pleased about and honored by. Uh, I don't know. Between that, I mean, the house was such a big 
improvement, and we were always so behind, and well, behind, I don't mean behind, but we were always having to turn families away <coughs> because we didn't have room. So getting the house more than doubled in size <coughs> was, I'm, I'm really proud of that. Obviously, I didn't do that alone, um, but I happened to be the board president. So from an individual perspective, yeah, the family room was, I was more the point person. I was the liaison between the charity and the hospital, the construction company, and the architects. I, I wrote all of the procedures manuals and really visited with every department in the hospital, which, by the way, ended up later in me getting a job there. But, uh, but yeah, probably the, the family room I'm really, really proud of. And by the way, it's the largest in the world at this point. <laughs> Why do I? Um, well, I, I've had my own um, personal involvement with uh, a sick child, and not not to the extent that most of the people here have. But I really understand how um, it really discombobulates your whole life, and the people that are here. And I'm really talking more about the parents now than I am about the kids. I mean, the kids obviously are ill. They need treatment. Uh, and so the thing about Ronald McDonald House Charities that really interested me was the fact that while we were able to provide a place uh, for the kids to get treatment, we were at the same time, in, in a very subtle way, taking care of the parents. Um, and I say subtle because I don't think most people realize how uh, how distraught you can be, how tired you can be, and to just have a place to come where people understand what you're going through and are there to help you. That's what I. That's the part of the mission that I really, really like. I mean, and how can you when you see the kids that come through here, and you know there are some sad stories that come uh, that the kids who don't leave the house, but. By and large, the stories here are really, you know, genuine stories. I, I remember there was a family, I want to say they were from Nigeria uh, early on, and I think they were here for almost a year. And not only were they away from home, but they were away from their country. And uh, I remember that they, the, the mom was so pleased and impressed that people who didn't look like her, didn't talk like her, were actually as friendly as we are here and as comforting and as concerned. So it's that's the part of the mission that I really like. This is kind of a funny story at the same time that uh, it's an interesting story that I probably shouldn't tell, but I'm going to. Um, when I uh, got a job at Intermountain Healthcare at Primary Children's Hospital, I was charged with finding patients uh, outside of Utah. And one of the places we were concentrating on was Alaska and uh, heart pa pediatric heart patients up there. So I went up the very first time in February of 2013, I believe, or 2014. Anyway. 
it was uh, very cold, and I had gone up there in February on purpose because I didn't want people to think that I was uh, on a boondoggle. So I got up there, met with lots of people, uh, primarily physicians and hospital administrators and Medi uh, Alaska Medicaid. So about a month after I was there, I got a phone call from a social worker that I had met at Providence Alaska Hospital and um, saying that they had a patient they wanted to send down. Uh, could I help with that? So, you know, I didn't really know how to do that, but I, found, I knew the people to help, so we did. Uh, 16-year-old girl comes down with a, a mass on the back of her brain. They thought she was going to die. Um, they operated on her. Turned out it wasn't malignant. Um, she was here for, I don't know, a week or 10 days, flew back. Um, and I was really pleased about that. And they were here at the house while that was going on. So I go back about a month later, and I'm expecting a band and banners and a party uh, for all the good work I had done. And I walked into this room, and it was just grim. And I'm looking around thinking, oh, this girl must have died. And so there, well, I start talking and say, well, how is the patient? I knew her name at the time. And I said, oh, she's fine, doing great. I said, oh, okay. Um, so <laughs> what's going on in there? And the woman who had called me said, uh, you told me that when, when you were here that you would keep us informed and that you would uh, be calling the physicians. We've heard nothing. And I'm just flabbergasted. And so, again, to make a long story bearable, I fly back. I said, what the heck is going on? I met with the surgeon. Sure enough, he hadn't, hadn't communicated. And he said, they don't want to hear from me. And I said, I, I beg to differ with you. They do want to hear from you. And it was one of those things where I just I lost it and said, if we're going to bring these kids down here, you've got to make sure that the people that are taking care of them back there are, are being informed. And, and I said, if it were your patient, would you want to know what's going on? Said, well, of course I wouldn't. Anyway, now it's kind of humorous. Then it wasn't. And uh, since that time, we're now getting a steady flow of patients uh, into the house from Alaska. And... Uh, I started the relationships, and then Martha Davis, who took my place when I left Primary Children's to go to uh, Intermountain, uh, to the corporate office as the head of all of the outreach for all of the hospitals, uh, she did an amazing job, and that's why you see the flow of patients coming here today. Um, more from what Martha did than me, but I started the relationships, and even now I'm going back up in a a couple of months and I'm just going to hang out with the people <laughs> that I was working with up there. It's humorous to me now, I guess it wasn't really a funny um, funny story, but the, one of the raps about patients traveling out of their um, uh, traveling out of their home territory to another city where it's here, whether it's here or anywhere else, is the lack of communication between 
what's going on here and the people who sent them there in the first place. And I think we do a good job here of, by here I mean at the house, in keeping the parents informed. And I'm, uh, we've talked a lot about in the past about making sure that they go back to their local community and they tell the stories of what happened to them while they were here. So with this being our 30th anniversary here, um, what are your hopes for the next 30 years? Well, gosh, so much has changed even in the 10 years that I've been involved. And even in the 30 years, I, I mean, I'm sure the founders could not have imagined this house the family room, and now the second family room, and soon to be the third. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I, my mind is kind of boggled by it uh, for the next 30 years. What could we be doing? Um, and we've just started with the expansion in the back uh, with the property purchase there. Uh, I guess in a certain sense, I hope that the primary mission of what we do ha doesn't change. That. Uh, we, what we do, we're doing really well, at least as well as I think can be done. Uh, as far as what could happen, gosh, uh, my guess is that we'll expand quite a lot. Um, the, you know, we're, we're looking at things right now uh, outside the city, and, and one of the things I guess I want to point out that I, <coughs> that I don't know if it's been talked about was uh, before the family room was at Primary Children's, uh, there was a 35-mile limit, used to be 50, but a 35-mile limit. Patients had to be that far away from here in order to stay here. So most of the fundraising that we have done and still do today is within that 35-mile radius. So we were raising money from people that couldn't even utilize the, ho the house. And once we had the family room, now we're serving all of our constituency and the people that live within that radius are now being taken care of uh, at the family room. So I, I'm really pleased about that and that was one of the goals that, uh, that we had done. So I would hope that our, uh, you know, that our radius or diameter continues to expand and that our fundraising gets more and more. You know, St. George is a big area we get a lot of patients from Idaho and Wyoming, and there are some uh, intricacies about being able to fundraise because there are Ronald McDonald chapters up there, and we get the sickest of the sick here. So I'm hoping that changes. As far as uh, expansion of the facilities, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure that the house can grow much bigger. I think it will probably grow, I'm, I'm guessing, probably up into the 100-bed range in the next 30 years, but I think we'll have several more family rooms by that time. So, but the primary thing is that the mission stays the same. I'm hoping that doesn't really change. It hasn't in 30 years, so I don't think it's going to. Well, I guess the thing that I am really most proud of is the mission and, uh, and of the people that we attract onto the board. I, I'm just continually, I'm not amazed because we've been doing this, but I, I'm so impressed with the people that come to serve on the board, their commitment. And, and again, in the 10 years that I've been here, 
the board has just gotten stronger and stronger uh, as, and they understand and appreciate the mission. There is little, very little, uh, what I'm gonna call infighting, <laughs> uh, because almost everything that we do here is by unanimous decision and we've got 30 plus board members. So that's really incredible. I've served on many boards and usually they're very contentious. This one is not, although there are issues from time to time. Uh, so I, I, I guess I, I am, at the, at the end of the day, the thing I am most proud of is the mission and the people we're serving because I know how incredibly important it can be for those who stay here. The rest of it, we're all pitching in, we're all doing our part. Um, and ultimately, somebody once said to me, they, <coughs> the patients will, or the families, in this case, will never remember what you said, but they'll never forget how you treated them. So that's it.